the more you travel alone, it's like a muscle. You get more confidence. You say, I can do this. You become more independent. And I don't know. I think solo travels, I recommend it for everyone, no matter where you are, even if you're married or with a family. I think a solo trip is like a recharge. Hey, hurdlers, Emily Abadi here. You are listening to another installment of Hurdle Moment from Hurdle. Last week, I went traveling, and that travel was actually work related, but I got many, many, many messages asking me, Are you on a solo trip? Are you with someone? What's going on? So, the way that it works, no pun intended, but you, you get where I'm going with this. When you're a journalist, oftentimes different brands will reach out to you and either invite you to a property or a specific place to launch an offering or a certain product. These are often called familiarization trips. I have had the good fortune of traveling everywhere from Hong Kong with Reebok to Paris with Nike. And last week, I went to Cabo San Lucas with Thompson Hotels. And while I traveled alone to their absolutely stunning property, the Cape, which I would 125,000% recommend, when I got there, I was linked up with a group. So we did tons of different activities from surfing to mountain biking. And for all of those, including most of my meals, I was joined with different individuals from all over the country and the world. As you can understand, I had just met a lot of these people, all of these people actually, and I'm not the kind of person to post photos or videos of other people on my social media. It's just a respect thing that I upkeep myself. So I can totally understand why many of you were wondering if this was a solo trip. With that said, this trip made it very apparent to me that you were all seeking content on solo travel, which is something that I've done before. I have done my fair share of solo travel, including a landmark trip for me, a 10-day international trip to Italy, which changed my life forever. I'm going to link to an episode that I recorded about how to spend time alone, in which I really talk a lot about that trip in particular in the show notes. So I called in some backup. I chatted with Jeanette Seha. She is a travel journalist, a travel veteran. I was blown away by all the trips she spoke about in our conversation today. And we are collecting all of our best tips for anyone who's interested in solo travel, from how to stay safe, to where you might want to go, to best practices when it comes to booking a hotel, eating out, a topic that I get asked a lot about, what to do when you're traveling solo, how to save money traveling solo. If you have any more questions on this topic, I would love it if you would leave me a voice message. To do just that, click the link that says, leave me a voice message in the show notes and ask away. I'll make sure to answer your question in an upcoming episode. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle on social at Hurdle Podcast. I'm over at 
Emily Abadi. And I want to make sure I call this out. Make sure you are subscribed to Hurdle and that the episodes are downloading via your chosen app on your chosen device. It makes a big difference when you are subscribed to the show versus when you are streaming it, when it comes to the ratings and the algorithm and God knows a bunch of stuff that I kind of understand, but don't actually understand all that much. So make sure you're subscribed. And while you're at it, share today's episode with a friend. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Jeanette Seha. She is a travel journalist. She's an award-winning TV host. How are you doing today? Hi, Emily. I'm so great. Happy to be here with you. Happy to have you here. So I recently did some travel, which prompted a lot of questions from the Hurdle audience about solo travel. So I did some Twitter reach out as one does when they want to have a great conversation on the podcast. And we were connected, which I'm so excited about. Yes, me too. I'm all about, you know, solo travel, travel, women empowerment, helping, you know, the community. So I'm happy to be here. Amazing. Amazing. So before we get into our perhaps tips, our tricks, our feedback on solo travel, why don't you give us a little bit of insight into your background and how you got to be, how this got to be your beat, so to speak? Yes. Well, it started as a young girl. I would be glued to anything that had to do with uh, news. At first, when I was a young girl, I thought I wanted to be a foreign news correspondent like Christiana Amanpour. Um, And then I followed uh, Oprah on the different channel. I'd watch Oprah every day. And then I changed the channel to Discovery Channel, History Channel, Travel Channel. And then I was like, whoa, I want to show people the world. Um, And yesterday, I just watched the uh, Roadrunner, the Bourdain documentary, by the way, who Bourdain was really influential in me choosing uh, the travel route. So I've known since I was a young girl about this. When I was 12, I started my first travel journal. I would go to Mexico City as a young girl to visit my grandparents. And I would spend the summers there and I would just write about anything and everything, take photos, come back, share with my friends. And then it just never really stopped. So I've always been with a camera, a journal, Fast forward to high school, writing for the paper, college, writing for the paper. And one of my mentors in college was the travel editor for a statewide newspaper in Tennessee. So that helped me continue writing. And, you know, now in my 30s, you know, it's been a long, long journey of figuring it out. Um, I really didn't have one person per se say, do A, B, C, and you'll get here. It was a lot of just figuring it out. And again, this is also pre-social media. So it was just, you know, going to all the travel conferences and sitting in front row, listening to, you know, Samantha Brown, Rick Steves, who were also some uh, very inspirational uh, travel pioneers, and then meeting Bourdain in New York uh, at Tribeca Film Festival many years ago. And so just putting myself out there, I think the mindset when you're really determined, you will find a way, you know, you won't find excuse because I really had no idea what I was doing, but I knew my why. So your why is the most important. Like, why do you want to do this? Why is this important to you? And I, that's what I also tell some of my mentees. Why do you want to do this? It has to be bigger than yourself. If not, when the going gets tough, you might just want to throw in the towel and just, you know, call it a day. 
But if your why is bigger than yourself, you will do it no matter what. I love that piece of advice. And I also think when you think about traveling, right, oftentimes we envision these experiences to be with other people. And so for so long, personally, my why for travel was, oh, well, I want to share this new experience with someone. But I got to a point, and this is going to lead us into our conversation, that my why for travel was, I want to see this place. And I got so tired as a then I think I went on my first really serious solo international trip when I was maybe 29 or 30. And I'm 33 now. So maybe even 28, actually. And I just got tired of waiting for someone to do the travel with. So I was like, screw it. I'm out. Let's do it. Let's figure it out. What's your experience with solo travel? Yeah, no, I love that. I love how you were just like not waiting for the right moment or the right person to experience and live life in the present moment. And that's very common. Um, My first international trip was I did a study abroad in Italy when I was in college and I moved for three months and studied Italian and I didn't know anyone there. And that was a great eye opener. And solo travel, what I like to tell a lot of women, especially is yes, I understand it can be scary. We also have the additional layer, I believe, of physical safety, which is a concern. I mean, uh, you know, wherever we are, though, I think that as especially as a woman, you have to be mindful of your surroundings. You know, what are you sharing, uh, especially on social? Unfortunately, there are dangerous people and they're everywhere. So it's not just one area. So I think that, you know, being very street smart, being very cautious about what you share with people um, is important. So, for example, whenever I would travel alone, I went to Italy. Then my next solo trip was I went to Hawaii for four days by myself. And if I was at a restaurant or somewhere and a guy would come up to me and say, hi, you know, blah, blah, blah. Are you alone? First of all, I was very young and naive at the time. And I was like, yeah, I'm here, you know, doing this. But then I later I learned one, really, it's nobody's business if I'm alone. Two, why is somebody asking me? Three, if I feel like I want to respond, I would always say, yes, I'm actually visiting the mayor, the president, the prime minister. Love this. I would just see them kind of slowly back away. I mean, if their intentions are well, then okay. But usually I was like, why are you asking me? I would never go up to a guy and say, hi, are you here alone? I mean, to me, it's just so invasive, right? Yeah. So that's another tip that I have. Uh, And my other tip for women doing a first solo trip or one of many is maybe start local. You can do international, but maybe especially right now during these uncertain times during the pandemic, I would say start local. If you want to start within your own state, for example, California, there's a lot of national parks that have reopened. You know, there's Yosemite, um, there's Joshua Tree, there's that's not far for a drive. There's Sedona if you want to go a little bit further out of your state. Uh, maybe go for the day, for the weekend. Uh, if you feel adventurous, go to Hawaii. I love Hawaii. Uh, that's one of my first uh, solo trips in the U.S. And I loved it. I went to a luau by myself. I had dinner by myself. And I think that the more you travel alone, like you get a stronger, it's like a muscle. You get more confidence. You say, I can do this. It's um, self-growth. 
you become more independent. And I don't know, I think solo travels, I recommend it for everyone, no matter where you are, even if you're married or with a family, I think a solo trip is like a recharge. For sure, for sure. And to recap, a couple of the tips that we offered here, first and foremost, if someone comes up and asks you if you're traveling alone, do not reveal that information necessarily. And the second tidbit is maybe start off a little closer to home. So if you want to get used to the idea of traveling alone, look at some resources or opportunities in your local area that can kind of help you get your feet wet and get used to the idea. Now, the next tip that I would love to offer the hurdlers when it comes to solo travel is have one thing every day on your calendar, so to speak, or on your schedule that you can look forward to. So some people thrive by having an entire day back to back to back scheduled. For me, I had one thing a day that I like knew that I was going to do without a doubt. And that could even be like, I'm going to commit for this is the day that I'm going to spend four hours at the beach, or this is the day that I have this dinner reservation, or this is the day that I'm going to see this museum. And for me, having that one thing empowered me to go check out stuff and do things but without like feeling like I was just so drained by the agenda that I had to just be running around all over the place. Yeah, I love that. That's a great tip. You know, (laughs) it's also celebrating your small wins, even for the day. I know a lot of people start with gratitude journals, um, how people set their their days is really important, but I think also how you end your day, right? What is the last thing you're doing? Are you on your phone on social where your phone accidentally drops on your head? You know, yes, I've been there when you're falling asleep. Are you reading? What are you doing at the beginning, at the end of the day? I think is so important, but like you were saying, doing committing to something and then celebrating that. On the idea of perhaps not letting anyone you meet know that you're traveling alone, on the inverse of that is making sure that your friends and family know where you are, whether you're domestic, whether you're international. That is really, really important when it comes to a safety perspective of making sure that your loved ones can can know where you are. I'm not saying that you need to be in communication with them the entire time you're there all day, every day. In fact, I would encourage you maybe not to be. <laughs> but I think it's really important from a safety POV that we make sure that we reiterate that. Absolutely. And another tip I like to tell, especially women, uh, just any solo traveler, especially Americans who are going abroad, is you can sign up to uh, the U.S. Embassy in whatever country you're going to. They have a program called STEP program where it's free and you you just register with the embassy so that they know that you're there as well. And then they update you, for example, if anything may arise like, you know, political upheaval or, you know, some kind of health crisis that may go on. They know that you're there so they can alert you. Um, That's a great step to have. And I think you're right about letting your family and friends know where you are. I was uh, in Brazil. I went to Brazil on a solo trip uh, for the World Cup. It was this 2014. And I used to work in sports for a few years as well. And I quit, moved to Italy by myself, <laughs> which was uh, scary but exciting. And I've also lived and worked abroad in Australia. So I recommend studying abroad, working abroad, traveling abroad. Like it really helps you grow as a person and, um, you know, more aware about the world, uh, really. So it's great. I went to Brazil for 10 days by myself, and I remember telling people, hey, does anyone want to come with me? I asked about 40 people, friends and family. Nobody could come with me. Um, I ended up getting my World Cup ticket through a third-party seller um, because I, I didn't win it in the lottery like 
so many. And I was determined. Again, here's another thing. When you are determined, you will find a way. So I was determined to go to the World Cup in Brazil. It's been a lifelong dream of mine. And I got one ticket. I got a round trip uh, airfare. And I just had a hotel for a few days in Rio de Janeiro. And it was it was scary. I mean, even on even at the gate on the way to board the plane uh, from L.A. to Rio, there was a guy sitting uh, on the chair. I'll never forget. He goes, oh, are you? He was asking me, where are you going? I'm like, oh, I'm going to the World Cup. Are you by yourself? I mean, this is such a common question. I was like, oh, no, I'm meeting some people there. Oh, OK, great. Be careful. It's really dangerous. You as a woman, this putting all this fear in me that, you know, fear, fear, fear. And I was just like, you know what? My mindset is like, I'm going to go. I'm going to be very cautious. But in my mind, I was like, if I'm going to die, and I don't want to die, but if I'm going to die, I'm going to die living, doing what I love, going to a World Cup game, which has been my dream, and going to Brazil. Um, and so I went. Uh, a lot of friends and family were concerned, like you're going alone, you're a woman. My my own mother was like, I need you to message me every night to make sure you're okay. Even though I'm, you know, my mid twenties at the time, I was like, yes, yes. And so I understand. But honestly, I had the best time. Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my sponsors. First up, Athletic Greens. If you haven't heard about Athletic Greens before, you are seriously missing out. It is a greens powder. It's got the antioxidant equivalent of 12 servings of fruits and vegetables. It's also got prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, superfoods. It's got it all. And for me, I'm not even exaggerating. Adding Athletic Greens into my routine is probably one of the most responsible, smart things that I have done as an adult because it is me finally investing in my body. Like I said, it's jam-packed with a ton of necessary goodness, all of which I was seriously missing out on before. Like, I had no dedicated multivitamin routine. I was literally buying whatever gummy vitamins were on sale at my local CVS. And now I just feel so good starting my days with Athletic Greens, prioritizing my health and my well-being. Of course, they have an awesome deal for the Hurdle audience. Get a year's supply of vitamin D as well as five free travel packs with your purchase. Head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get yours today. No code necessary. I also want to give some love to my friends at Beam. Beam creates the highest quality functional supplements for better balance, performance, recovery, and sleep. From athletes to entrepreneurs, busy parents to weekend warriors, Beam was founded on the spirit of pushing limits and pursuing passions. Say that five times fast. (laughs) Their motto is experience what better feels like, and that can be from better recovery and sleep to a better state of mind. Now that my marathon training is really ramping up, they're the Fixer CBD Topical Salve is what I'm leaning into to fight soreness and fatigue from all of those miles. It's third-party tested, THC-free, and smells delicious, like organic eucalyptus oil and lavender. Of course, Beam has a code for the Hurdle listeners. Use code HURDLE at checkout to get 15% off your order today. Head on over to beamtlc.com, that's B-E-A-M-T-L-C.com, and use code HURDLE at checkout 
for 15% off. Something you you mentioned was seeking out uh, before going on that particular trip, people to come with you and not being able to find someone to come with you. And I will be the first person to co-sign that I've certainly been in that position. And it can feel really defeating and like make you feel some kind of way and make you maybe not want to go on the trip at all. And again, I mean, back to my my first big solo trip, like that I was tired of feeling that way. So I said, F it, I'm going. Something else that comes up a lot in the messages that get sent to me are questions asking specifically, like, what are you doing when you're alone? So we talked about the idea of going to museums or the beach or, you know, whatever it may be that you want to do while you're traveling alone. Particularly, the question is, what do you do when you're eating alone? Now, my tip for that is to bring a book. When it comes to solo traveling, books are my favorite thing because I don't want to be sitting there on my phone. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think it's great. It's a great tip. Another thing I will say is a lot of people avoid going to certain places or countries because they'll say, oh, but I'm single. So why would I go to Paris? The most romantic. I wrote an article a couple of years ago about Santorini because it's you know one of the top honeymoon destinations and how I avoided it for the longest time. Um, I think like just live for you regardless your status. If you've always wanted to go to Paris, go to Paris. You know what I mean? Don't wait to be in a relationship or married or et cetera. And I can say that from personal experience, going to Paris, I've gone to Paris. I've been single every time I've gone. I have my own tradition now where wherever I'm staying, I walk to the Eiffel Tower, I leave a rose in one of the gardens, and I just sit there and admire it, and I walk back. I have a beautiful scenic walk back. I have a pain de chocolat and a coffee, and I just enjoy it for myself and romance myself and do things for myself because we deserve it, you know, and it's great if you can share it with someone, but if at the moment you can't, do it for yourself. And I think that that's another key is that that travel can be such a beautiful gift to you because you really appreciate yourself. You get to know yourself more. I mean, every time I travel alone, I learn more about myself. I like to go for walks in the day, in the morning, and I like to visit local family-owned businesses, shops. I like to speak with the locals. I, I know you like to do running, Emily, which is amazing and super inspiring. So even if there's a marathon, in a certain place, you know, maybe go do a marathon somewhere else, like a different city or country. Um, For me, I, yeah, definitely like to go to museums. I like to take cooking classes. I like to immerse myself in the local community in whichever way I can. What other tips do you have for us when it comes to solo travel? I think if you want to find a place for well-being, there's retreats as well that you can do. A lot of yoga, for example, Tulum is really a hot place to do a lot of these well-being where you can go alone. There's so many different kinds of experiences you can do as a solo travel. Of course, you can do adventure travel. Uh, you can do leisure travel. You can do, uh, you know, work, volunteer travel. I mean, there's different ways that you can travel and uh, give back or, you know, contribute or, I mean, there's much more to me. I can only sit at a beach for so long, maybe one day. I give myself one day with a margarita, (laughs) pour it out of my mind and I just can't. I need to like immerse myself For me, it's about learning. I'm a forever student. I'm a sponge. And I think that's a great fundamental of a journalist is you're always curious. Like you want to know more and more 
So I want to like meet the locals. I want to go to, uh, you know, an event that they're doing just, just to learn more and to get out of maybe the touristy places like that's great, but maybe, you know, rent a car and drive along the village if you feel safe and you feel confident enough. Also now with technology, we have all these apps. So if you don't know the language, it's okay. I mean, I was in Turkey last month. And I don't speak Turkish. And I was there and I went to Cappadocia. I went to Istanbul. I went to Bodrum. And it was amazing. Like I was able to get by uh, with with some apps in case I needed, you know, some extra help with the Turkish language. Um, but I think we, we're really good. We have more uh, tools these days. And I think another thing is if you know someone who's local to where you're going, um, that's also great to have. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And something else you were speaking about, uh, choosing experience while you're abroad. I've used apps like Airbnb experiences and have had such great luck reading reviews and really looking into it to find like really unique experiences that pair you up with other individuals, whether they're couples or groups or just other solo travelers to try things in the area. So that way you're not going at it completely alone. And I would also say to that extent that make sure you're digging into the reviews, right? So if there is a place that you want to go or something that you want to experience, do this research before you get there so that you can feel really confident about the experiences that you're choosing, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think with with what you just said is research. Research is so key. I mean, researching the destination, what is currently happening in that country, the U.S. State Department is a great resource for finding the most up-to-date uh, travel alerts, travel warnings, uh, especially right now we're still in the pandemic. And if you want to see what you know the CDC recommends, what is going on in the country, it's important to always stay up to date because things, as, as we've seen in the past year or so, are very fluid and ever-changing. So things, especially if you're thinking of going internationally, I highly recommend doing as much research as you can. If you know someone who lives in that country, for example, if I knew someone who uh, was in Turkey, I, which I did, I would constantly say, okay, well, how is it now? How is it now? How is it now? Just to keep me updated, right? Right. So, Research is key, finding a local or somebody who may know someone who's on the ground. There's also some travel experts, tour agents, tour guides. Um, if you want to do a tour, a tour would be great. There's a lot of walking tours available, bike tours that are available in every city. That's fun to do alone as well. I mean, you get to do some workout and explore. Totally, totally. And then I think another question that often comes in and one I'm sure that you get a lot is what are some ways I can keep the costs down, right? Right? Because so often the great part about perhaps traveling with a friend or a family member or a group is that you can split things. So if you're going at it alone, what would you tell someone who's trying to keep their costs down? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I would say, first of all, um, how do you like to travel? Right. There's some people who are very low key who, for example, if you go, you can go pretty much anywhere, but it depends how you want to travel on your budget. So let's say you go to Paris, for example, uh, you can have a coffee and a croissant probably for under five dollars for breakfast or you can get a hotel or maybe Airbnb, depending where breakfast is included, for example. So that knocks down one meal. Right. And what I would do sometimes if I stayed in a place for longer than a week I would go to the grocery store in the market, buy fruit in the morning, make my own coffee, tea maybe to subsidize the cost. And maybe I would do one really nice dinner a week. 
So it's just about allocating, okay, what's most important in your trip? Touristy things, uh, museum experiences. Do you have to eat out every day for every meal? No, not really. You could do a picnic as well. So for me, when I travel alone, I usually have breakfast, uh, either fruit or something small. And I treat myself once once a week or so to a nice dinner. Um, so I just allocate it depending where I'm at. And of course, the currency will change. So if you go to like Europe, the euro is usually stronger than the dollar. But if you go to Mexico, the pesos usually the dollar is usually stronger than the peso. So depending where you want to go, uh, where is the dollar going to take you further is also right. A question that I feel like is kind of unavoidable. We're talking about ways to save money, perhaps on meals. But when it comes to staying alone, it can be more costly. So it seems as though by the sounds of all of your amazing stories, you've done a fair share of travel. Have you ever stayed in any sort of hostel or a cooperative living situation? Yeah. So when I lived in, uh, when I lived in Australia, I shared an apartment with another professor, for example. So when I was working, I, I stayed there. I have stayed at Airbnbs. I also did uh, VRBO, which is also um, like Airbnb. When I was staying uh, in France uh, during the winter, which is uh, low season, considered low season, uh, in the south of France, I was renting uh, an apartment for $50 a day. So I was able to stay for a week, what probably in somewhere in another time season, it would have been like two, three days worth of a hotel. So I think also when you decide to go, if it's high season, for example, summertime, of course, Hawaii and all these other places are going to be super expensive because the demand is high and the supply is low and they know that. So they're going to charge more as opposed if you go during low season for a destination, for example, France, low seasons, winter time for certain for the south of France, for example, you can rent an apartment for such such a low price. Um, hostels, yes, I have stayed at hostels, and I I've had you know with hostels, I've had weird different experiences. I I do think that they're great. I've stayed in Rome uh, in a hostel, but I always slept with one eye open, and I know that's not great. But because there's people constantly coming in and out, I really didn't have a safe secure night's sleep, for example. And I think you need to kind of know that going into it. Like if you're the kind of person that is really okay with that sort of environment, I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for solo travel myself. I know me again, I want to enjoy my time. I think I'd be a little anxious in that scenario. So know yourself well enough to prioritize perhaps if you're the kind of person that's also going to be anxious in that situation. Okay. Maybe I should spend a little bit more of my money and invest on a different kind of place to stay where I feel more comfortable. Also on the investing note, and while we're talking about finances, I would encourage you ahead of time to really think about how you want to allocate money for the trip that you're going to go on. For me, I literally have a fund in my bank account. It's called the Italy Fund. I put in a certain amount of money every month into this account so that the next time that I'm going to book my trip to Italy, I don't have to think twice about the flight or the hotel. Obviously, I'm not just going to be throwing money into the wind, but now I can do it knowing that, hey, I've worked hard for this. This is something that I've set aside funds for. And now I can really enjoy my experience without being like, I don't know, should you really be doing this? Yeah, exactly. I think that's amazing tip too. Maybe has, you know, allocating, saving some money for travel, uh, for a trip. I think that's so amazing because if you, you know, 
I would talk about this all the time in LA, uh, pre-pandemic would have lunch and brunches. Brunches were always a huge thing, right? And probably still are. I would be with a group of people, probably spend $200 on a single brunch, bottomless mimosas, this, that, the Uber included. Yet when I would talk about travel and I'd say, hey, you know, maybe we could travel later this year, do a girl's trip, do something. I don't know. Do anything. Oh, I don't have the money. But if you if you look at your current spending, right, how much money goes out the door on so many little things that adds up where you can probably save it for travel. Travel is also a mindset. I talk about that all the time. I do a lot of workshops for vision boards as well because I love vision boards. I think they're such an effective tool for setting goals. Um, People, when they say, when I talk about travel, I don't have the time. I don't have the money. That's a you know limited belief because travel can be in your neighborhood. Travel can be you know to the next state. Travel is the mindset. So I like to tell people, okay, well you know if you think you can't, you can't. If you think like Henry Ford, if you can, you can. But just you know take away the you know the logical of whatever is you know holding you back. And start to put or make a list of everywhere you want to go and just put it out there and don't worry about the how. Just know where where you want to go. And um, I've been doing vision boards for five years. I've done workshops with women all over LA, Beverly Hills, California, et cetera. Um, The stories and the manifestations, and I know because I've done them myself for many years, is amazing because when you just know the belief out there that you can that you deserve it and you're worthy of it, it, a lot of things shift, right? So that happened with me, my 30th in Amalfi Coast. I put the Amalfi Coast on my cell phone screensaver, my computer screensaver. When people were like, oh, is that, you know, where is that? I was like, oh, I'm going to celebrate my birthday in Amalfi Coast. Oh, when, how, where? I don't know. I'm just going to go. And, you know, I was going to go by myself because, again, nobody could go they didn't have the time, the money, which is understandable, but like you got to live your life for you eventually. Like you can't wait for people to live your life, especially travel. And if anything, what we've learned, Emily, during this pandemic is, wow, how much we really appreciate travel because we couldn't travel, right? For the longest time, you know, now people are like, darn, I wish I took that trip. And and now, you know, okay. So now people are like, okay, I want to take that one trip of a lifetime one day, eventually I will do it. So that's kind of like with my 30th. And I kept telling people, yeah, I'm going to celebrate in Amalfi Coast. Who are you going with? I don't know. I'm going. <laughs> and uh, so what I end up doing is around May, my birthday's in June and May, uh, before my 30th birthday, I just booked a hotel for two nights. I was like, okay, I'm putting, I'm planting the seed. I'm making it happen. And then I bought a one-way ticket to, was it Naples? Uh, I was like, all right, I'm putting, I'm planting the seeds. I'm making the steps. I was doing baby steps, one step by one step. And by that time I was like, oh my gosh, I'm really going. And people would start to say, oh, who are you going with alone? And then eventually my, my sister and my mom were like, oh, we, we want to join you. We don't want you to go alone. And I was like, okay, I'm going no matter what. So eventually they were like, they planned to meet me there, but I had already set things in place. And the craziest thing is when I went from Naples down to the Amalfi Coast, uh, to the hotels called Le Encora Hotel. Uh, it was just really highly recommended at the time. And it was like my treat for my year for myself, kind of like you, you were saying, you know, work so hard, you want to treat yourself. That's all I saved my money for was my birthday trip. And so he took me, the bellboy took me down to my room. Uh, it was underground, I guess. And he opened the balcony uh, curtains 
And I was like, oh my gosh, it was the, like the photo from my random screensaver, my random computer screen. He had no idea why I was like having this emotional reaction. And I was like, oh my God, it was like from the pots to the, you know, to the homes, to the rooftops, to like, I looked at it and was like, oh my God, this is this. And he's like, yeah. So I, you know, unknowingly booked this hotel, this random hotel, like in the exact same spot. I love that. Yeah. I love that for you. And I, I totally resonate with the like, if not now, when, I mean, I know we're dealing with a few things being up in the air with what we've been through over the last year and change. But if there's one thing again, that we have learned, it's like, take the opportunity, take the trip, tell the people that you love, that you love them and do the best you can with what you have. I also feel the need to throw the statistic into the mix here that, uh, I read not all that long ago, solo travelers account for at least 11% of all American vacationers. So you're not the only person thinking about this, doing this. So just go for it. How do we tell me, tell me, Jeanette, how do the hurdlers keep up with you? How do they follow along with you on your travels going forward? Give me the details. Yes, yes, absolutely. So um, you can follow me. I'm at Jet Set with Jeanette on Instagram, uh, Jeanette Seha on Twitter. Uh, my website is www.jetsetwithjeanette2ends.com. And it's me. I answer, I get a lot of questions, DMs, people asking me for recommendations. If I've been to the country, so Turkey was my 61st country. If I've been to the country, I will recommend or connect you. If I have not been to the country, I will still connect you with someone who is either on the ground or who has been there. So I'm always happy to be a resource, especially for solo travelers, because I think it is the best gift that you can give yourself. Do you have a favorite place you've ever been? This is a good one. <laughs> I would say uh, it's India. Honestly, Turkey surpassed. I had great expectations. It surpassed all of those. Uh, Turkey, India, and Egypt. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Thank you so much for your time today. I'm so appreciative of you. I'm over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. <laughs>